You are Locked On Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome to the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after what was yet another frustrating night for the Atlanta Braves in St. Louis. You have to feel like opportunity was missed not once, but twice in this series. We'll talk about the Braves' latest late-inning disappointment against the St. Louis Cardinals. And, of course, get you ready for a homestand. It's going to be just as important, if not more so, for the Braves. I don't know. Maybe every day you know, going forward, every one of them is an opportunity and with every one of those, another day comes off the calendar. So the urgency most certainly going to be there. We'll get into all that stuff. We'll preview the upcoming games. And, of course, we're going to take you back through this one, as painful as it may be. Make sure to subscribe to the all-new Lockdown Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. Enable those alerts so you'll know every time we drop a new episode. And make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Braves wherever you get your podcast. Well, Jake, once again, this is a very similar script to what the Braves found themselves running with or having to deal with or work from on Saturday night as they saw a late lead slip away in the ninth inning in excruciating fashion with that walk-off walk. A little bit different because at least the Cardinals had to work for it, I guess, but the eighth inning went sideways on A.J. Minter and the Braves in a 6-3 loss to the Cardinals. And as I said before and said in the open, I'm sure we'll both say again, a frustrating night of baseball for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, it is. I mean, look, anytime you have these losses and you'll have them throughout the year, it's tough. But having them on back-to-back nights and especially on a night where the team you're chasing lost to a team that probably should sh- they should not be beating them and hadn't up to this point. <laughs> right. And you got an opportunity to you know pick a game back up there. So certainly makes it even more frustrating. But uh, you know, still a lot of baseball to be left left to play. And this team's a good team. Look, this Braves team is very good. One of the best records in all of baseball since the All-Star break. Unfortunately, the Cardinals have been just as hot. And we see that, you know, they're playing exceptional baseball and we're able to come back with some late heroics in these last two games. Yeah, they certainly were. The St. Louis Cardinals have been one of the hottest clubs in baseball since the trade deadline in particular. And sometimes it's not about, hey, look at their body of work and go up and down the numbers and tell me maybe the St. Louis Cardinals aren't as good of a baseball team outside of Paul Goldsmith and Nolan Arenado. Well, they're going out there and the results are playing out entirely differently. And it's not always that, hey, my team lost as much as it's the other team might have done some things to win as well. It's usually a combination of those two things, but I digress. I don't want to get into too much semantics before we talk about game number 129. A not great one for the Braves. 79 and 50 now on the year. Three runs, 10 hits, one error, six men left on base. The Cardinals, meanwhile, 74 and 54. They're now 20 games over 500. Six runs on six hits, no errors, three men left aboard for them. Ryan Helsley picks up the win in relief. How funny that works out. We'll get into that in a moment. He's nine and one. AJ Minter suffers a loss, drops to five and four. Giovanni Gallegos picked up the save his 13th. Three hours and six minutes of the time of game on this one. A 59-minute delay as well. 42,897 filed into Bush Stadium to see it. And they saw what was, I mean, at this game, it kind of felt like a couple of different games, if I'm being honest, as far as the Braves are concerned. You had Jake Odorizzi out there throwing what looked like his start of the season. He carried a no-hitter through five and two-thirds innings, Jake. And it was a Lars Newtbar home run. And he hit the ball hard, don't get me wrong, but he hit a pitch that seemed to be three or four inches off the outside part of the plate. I'm pretty sure he thought he'd fouled it away, had no idea where the ball was. Next thing you know, it snuck inside the foul pole down the left field line, and the Cardinals have a one nothing lead. The no-hitter's gone, the shutout's gone, and it's the first of four straight hits, and Odorizzi's out of the game before he can blink. 
Yeah, it really is just one of those crazy things. And you see it, you know, a lot of times when a pitcher is cruising along like that, has a no hitter, you know, into the late middle innings. And then all of a sudden, you know, things kind of spiral. And you're right. I mean, Newbart, he had no idea where the ball was. I think he just thought it was, you know, a regular, you know, foul ball. And next yeah. thing you know, it's over the wall uh, for, you know, a one nothing lead at that point because the Braves hadn't been able to get anything going against Wainwright. But up until that point, you know, Odorizzi was throwing the ball great. I really thought he was kind of doing a lot of the same things that he was doing in Pittsburgh, you know, running that fastball up and away to lefties and got, getting that splitter with some diving action down in the zone. So, you know, hopefully there's some at least good signs there for Odorizzi that maybe he has found something out mechanically to help him, you know, better control those pitches because the results, you know, up until that point were outstanding. So, you know, it's just crazy. Again, you see things happen like that to a pitcher. And next thing you know, hit after hit, and then you're out of the game just like that. It was really just one of those those situations for Odorizzi. But, you know, don't want it to take away from the fact that he was, you know, had no hit stuff essentially yeah. for five plus innings. Yeah, and it was a pretty good start for him as well. Like, you can't really take away from that. I mean, if you know that you're going to get you know, five and two-thirds and two runs, six innings and, and two runs or less, you'd certainly take that from Jake Odorizzi. As he is, your de facto fifth starter now. We're not talking about fifth starter Spencer Strider anymore. He clearly is in the Braves' top four, if not the top two, as far as Braves pitchers are concerned, alongside Max Freed. It's pretty evident as you look at the numbers there that, you know, Jake Odorizzi is here to kind of fill out this rotation as Ian Anderson struggles, it necessitated him being demoted. And I think the last couple of outings, Odorizzi has lived up to his part of the bargain after not really having much going in his first handful of outings in a Braves uniform. Five and two-thirds innings, four hits. They all came with two outs in the sixth inning. Two runs, a walk, four strikeouts, a new bar home run, the first run of the game. But you know, not a bad outing, just some sixth-inning trouble for him. And then more trouble befell the Braves pitching staff a little bit later in this game. We'll talk about that in a moment. Before we do, I want to remind you, as always, that Coffee AM is the official sponsor of the Braves postcast. Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small-batch coffee roaster. And if you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, you can take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Now, you talked about Adam Wainwright. He pretty much had the Braves, it appeared, eating out of his hand in a lot of ways as the former Braves farmhand who is well documented as one of the ones that got away in a trade for J.D. Drew way back before the 2004 season. He's had quite a legacy for the Cardinals, and he looked every bit the part as he was pitching scoreless ball into the seventh inning on this night. But when Wainwright left, Ryan Helsley came in, and Dansby Swanson left the yard. That felt kind of like the moment that might have been the get-right from the bad moment the Braves went through in the walk-off loss the night before. Yeah, for sure. You know, Dansby hit that home run. You know, me as a fan, I'm jumping out of my seat. Finally, we got something. You know, plenty of base runners. Base runners weren't a problem yeah. against Wainwright. They just couldn't get any of them in, and finally – you got that big hit, a great swing from Dansby, who fell behind in the count. But you mentioned Helsley got the win. That's because he came back out the next inning and really just shut the Braves down right there. There wasn't, you know, a chance for the Braves to really add on or do anything late in that game. They brought Helsley back out, and, you know, he did what he normally does. He's a great reliever. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that home run from Dansby, I mean, that was great. Thought, you know, was going to be that big lift to, you know, erase everything that happened yesterday and get the Braves another win, but it just wasn't meant to be. It was not to be. Mark Bowman tweeted this out after the Swanson home run. It came on Helsley's 100.1 mile an hour fastball. It was 105.3, I believe, off the bat. That's not a radio frequency. That's what it took to get it over the wall over 400 feet away. 
Felt like a big moment might swing the momentum. In fact, it did at that time. And after Odorizzi was done, the Braves bullpen was able to handle business. Dylan Lee and Colin McHugh were the first two out of the pen. And then A.J. Minter came on in the eighth inning. And as you look at what A.J. Minter has been for this club this year, I would say by the numbers, he has been the Braves' best reliever and a guy that if you're making a list of arms that you trust is certainly going to be pretty high, if not at the top of that list, at least for me. Now, the big question, of course, is why was he pitching in a game one in which the Braves had it well in hand? Did he just need some work? I mean, I guess in hindsight, which is kind of what I said on Twitter, which may or may not be something you agree with, but hey, it's my opinion. It's a lot easier to make these moves in hindsight, but it all adds up to questioning what happened for A.J. Minter on this night, perhaps, because he had to throw a third straight night against the same club. And I don't care who you are and what team it is, that typically is not a recipe for success, but with the way that things kind of got stressed out on Saturday night, I think maybe for Brian Snitker, it was just looking at, all right, how is this thing supposed to look? How is it supposed to work? A.J. Metro is supposed to be that guy in the eighth inning in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, look, I almost wanted to give Brian Snitker credit, or I do give him credit for going to A.J. Mentor. You know he didn't want to use him a third day in a row, but you had an opportunity to somewhat steal a game, and you went to the guy, like you said, who's been mm -hmm. your best reliever all game. You know, I tweeted out, too, you know, it's – it's funny and frustrating in a way that, you know, the Braves have been playing so well and winning by so much. You haven't needed Mentor. You haven't needed Iglesias, and you kind of had to get them some work on Friday just so they don't have rust. You look at what happened with Kenley on Saturday. Yeah. He hadn't pitched in five days, and right. you know, I think you could say there was probably a little bit of, of rust there. But, you know, you use AJ and Iglesias on Friday in a blowout, and then, of course, you need them the next two days. And, you know, AJ and Iglesias were good on Saturday. You know, AJ not so much. Uh, on Sunday, but you know, gave up the home run that that's going to happen. People are going to run into one, but then you back that up with a walk and then you get an error. And that really right. right there, that's the, I mean, that's the difference in the ball game right there. I mean, yeah. the Braves out hit them 10 to six, but you know, you give a team like the Cardinals free bases they take advantage of it just as well as the Braves do. Sure. And most clubs should. And in fact, good clubs, great clubs do take advantage when something is, you know, just giving them an extra out in an inning. And that did happen in this eighth inning. I mean, it's easy to point at AJ Minter in the leadoff home run and say, well, that was not the outcome you were looking for. And I know some folks would look at it and say, well, why don't you just leave Colin McHugh in? He can throw multiple innings. But I don't think that Colin McHugh as the eighth inning reliever was something that was incredibly you know, popular for crowdsourcing for opinions here. But also this again, is was looked at more so I feel like his A.J. Minter's job, his role, his responsibility, and whether you like it or don't like it or did, it works out or it doesn't work out on this particular night, there was still a chance to get out of that inning tied, but the Riley error compounded things. You know, walks do not help because you give extra base runners out there. This It's quite obvious that that's a problem too, but that error, I mean, a strikeout of Paul Goldsmith, a, a strikeout of Nolan Arenado, those were some big outs that A.J. Minter got in this game. Unfortunately, it was Tyler O'Neill again, the right man in the right spot at the right time for the St. Louis Cardinals and the absolute wrong man that the Braves saw for the second consecutive night. Yeah, just, you know, a fastball up and away. I didn't think it was necessarily a terrible pitch. A great swing by O'Neill, who went up and got it. He has a lot of power. That's what, you know, he does. But, mm -hmm. uh, again, I just think it goes back to, you know, maybe a little bit of tiredness, working three days in a row. Then you have the emotional at-bats, you know, after the walk in the air, like you said, you come back, you get you get Goldschmidt, you get Arenado, and you kind of maybe feel like you're out of it at that point, and then maybe you just left one a little over the plate too much, and a strong guy, you know, went and got a heater and drove it out to center field. So, you know, look, again, I, I credit Snicker for going for it, for using Minter, uh, you know, and trying to nail down that win with one of your best relievers. It's just, 
you know, this game is going to be picked apart by fans every which way. And that's mm -hmm. what fans are good at. But I do think, you know, Snicker in this case went for it, went with his best guys, just weren't able to come through on this night. Yeah, it didn't. And that error certainly didn't make things any better. It came at an inopportune time. There's usually not a good time for an error. And it opened the door for the Cardinals to get an extra out in that inning. And that extra out resulted in three big runs as they went ahead by a 6-3 score. The Braves unable to do anything uh, against Giovanni Gallegos as well. Uh, Dansby Swanson's home run in this game, his 17th of the season. Again, that really felt like a big moment. Turn around that 100-mile-an-hour fastball to give the Braves a lead. This, though, Jake, you might already know this because you and I do sit here quite often after Braves games and discuss these things. This is the first loss for Atlanta in a series since that five-game debacle up at City Field and only the second series loss of the second half. So the Braves have not been dropping too many series, and this is one that you look at and, and rightfully is going to be frustrating, and you're going to pick it apart in hindsight because you just can't leave it alone, and I understand that, and it's very frustrating and uh, maddening, if you will, but you know, you felt like you could have won both of these games, and that's the thing. And you mentioned tonight would be more of stealing one from the Cardinals, who stole one from the Braves on Saturday night. At the very least, you would have liked to have taken two out of three in the series. And as you brought up earlier, and we talked about, the Mets lost to the Colorado Rockies on a day Max Scherzer pitched. In fact, he gave up the only run of that ball game. One to nothing was the final score in that one. Rockies are going to be rolling into Truist Park this week, and hopefully the Braves will not have that kind of fate befall them. But Atlanta now three games back or remains three games back in the National League East. They had a chance to take that game that they dropped right back. But it's a manageable deficit. There is still a lot of baseball left to be played. I know that may not be the popular vernacular in the immediate aftermath of another frustrating loss, the second in a span of about 24 hours. But the Braves have to do what good teams do, and that is forget about what happened yesterday and start focusing on the next game, the next opponent. And the Braves have been pretty good at doing that. And if anything, I think it's been a hallmark of Brian Snitker's club since he took it over way back in 2016. We'll get you set up for the Rocky Series in a moment. Before we do, though, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games with reviews and news of every league. MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. You can find it all at betonline.net. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening. Bet online is where the game starts. Braves are off on Monday. I think they can all use that as a day to regroup. Then on Tuesday, it begins a homestand against a soft part of the Braves schedule coming down the stretch. You got three games against the Colorado Rockies. You got three games against the Miami Marlins right after that. It's going to be Max Fried on the mound for the Braves in the opener against our old friend Jose Urania. And we do expect Ronald Acuna Jr. to be back in the lineup on Tuesday after missing both Saturday and Sunday's games. So, when you talk about the Braves losing a couple of games, not having the services of Ronald Acuna Jr. is usually something that can lead to the Braves feeling a little bit understaffed, undermanned, and perhaps even underpowered without their leadoff hitter extraordinaire in there. And he had been swinging the bat a lot better here in August. You'd love to have him back in there. Perhaps we'll see him on Tuesday, but it's going to be Freed and Urania in what we hope will be um, a game that doesn't have the wrong kind of attention on the first pitch. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's just hope Ronnie's back in there and Ronnie, you know, keeps hitting like he has been. And let's hope the Braves get a, a big, easy win. We talked about this, you know, when your ace goes out there as he did against Pittsburgh and you need, you know, a, a stress-free win because that first mm -hmm. game in Pittsburgh was a little stressful as well. Well, the Braves are in desperate need of a stress-free win. So hopefully Max can deliver that. Hopefully the offense can get going. Look, I get it. You have a lead late in a game. You want to hold on to it, and your bullpen should more often than not, and the Braves does more often than not. But 
you got to put a little bit on the offense as well. Weren't able to get things going early against Wainwright. Kind of came back to bite them late. Mm -hmm. I mean, when all your runs come on one swing from Dansby Swanson, you know, it's hard to put everything on the pitching at that point. So hopefully the Braves, like you said, get some rest, come out, have a stress-free win on Tuesday and get on another roll. Yeah, you'll certainly take stress-free, but I can tell you this from being around the game for a long time, talking about to a lot of guys, none of them seem to come easy, especially this time of year. Max Reed is 12-4 and four on the season, so gunning for win number 13. He's got a 2.52 ERA, Urania 2-5 for the Rockies, an ERA of 5.98. First pitch at Truist Park is set for 7.20 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, so please do enjoy the off day. Perhaps just get outside, recharge yourself, and get ready for what is sure to be a very eventful run of games down the stretch for the Braves as they try to chase down the Mets, punch their ticket to the postseason in any way, shape, form, or fashion that they can, and continue what they have been doing the last few years. And it's worked out fairly well in October, if last year's any indication. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let's go ahead and put a bow on this edition of the Braves postcast. It's part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed here on YouTube, and make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, a frustrating night for the Atlanta Braves. No two ways about it. They lose the game. They lose the series to the St. Louis Cardinals. 6-3, the final score on Sunday night. He's Jake Mastriani. I'm Grant McCauley. We look forward to talking to you again soon here on the Braves Postcast. And until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 